Hi, welcome back to Queer Town, a collection of conversations with Austin's queer community. My name is Mace Kerwick, and I am joined in the Queer Town Clubhouse with two of my favorite people of all time. Introduce yourselves. I'm Javi. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Kristen. I'm a producer on the podcast. And we are also joined by Oscar the Cat, who's right here underneath my Christmas tree. He just smelled the the mic. He didn't have anything to say. But that's right, folks. It is the holidays here in Austin, Texas. And we are sitting down for our final episode of 2022, where we'll be in front of the mic. We've got one coming up next week, which is our best of the year. But we are here today to talk about... I don't know, the year that was, the people that we were, and the holidays that are about to unfold. So, Javi, Kristen, how the hell are you? Well, um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm going into this new year with a new mindset. I told Mace before we started recording, I was like, I am just going to pretend that uh, everything's great and maybe things <laughs> will fall in line. I said it a little bit differently, but that's basically what I mean. It's just, maybe that's manifesting. Is that what that is? Yeah, absolutely. Fake it till you make it. There Mm -hmm. we go. Sometimes that's what you got to do. I feel like I am constantly faking it until I can make it. In this chaotic world that we live in right now, I think historically... You know, I, I always try to be authentic and bring like the best side of myself to things. But uh, there's just so much going on right now, particularly as queer people in Texas. Feels that, really intense. Yeah, it feels very intense. It makes for a very weird holiday season. This has not felt like a holiday season to me. No. Well, you also were not in the States for Thanksgiving. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear all about your trip. Um, How are you, though? How am I? I am, you know, we're just trying to make it to the end of the year. There's like a, um, do you know that that picture that gets memed a lot? And it's it's when Beyonce won a Grammy. um, Or I think she was presenting a Grammy. And uh, as she was standing up there, like they broke the news to her that she had broken the record of like female artist yeah, like, amount of Grammys, about. and there's like a split second where like she just kind of stares off into the void. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, you know this picture I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Okay, uh, yeah, somebody like posted that the other day, and it was like, "This is what the end of the year feels like." And I'm like, "Yeah, totally, yeah, exactly that." My, I just I want my brain to shut down. Uh, I'm like holding on to like that that week between Thanksgiving and New Year's, where I feel like everybody has like for the most part. You mean Christmas? What did I say? Thanksgiving and New Year's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, mm-hmm. this is what I mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that week where I feel like we all have carte blanche to just lay down. Yeah, truly take a nap through life. Uh, well, this is a really interesting energy uh, for what I'm about to say, which is that we are so excited to share that we have Queer Town's first ever beverage sponsor for this episode, which is Field Trip Lemonade. Uh, It is made here in Austin, Texas, and they are a vodka-based canned lemonade using real squeezed fruit and sparkling water, and there's one gram of sugar across the cans, all of which comes from the fruit. 
so thank you so much, Field Trip, for uh, sponsoring us here in Queertown and supporting everything that we are doing. Uh, we are so happy to be sipping on your lime lemonade, iced tea and lemonade, and strawberry lemonade cans while recording this episode. Yum. It's a big can. Mm. It's a big can. Uh, yeah, I am sipping on the lime lemonade, and it's got a really crisp and refreshing taste to it. Yeah, I'm on the iced tea and lemonade. Um, that has a name. Arnold Palmer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Arnold Palmer, yeah. Uh, it's delicious. And I gotta say, this is one of the cutest cans I've ever seen. The cans are quite cute. This shade of blue. I want it on my nails. Yeah, they did. Oh my God, that would make an amazing nail polish color. It's a really pretty blue. Uh, it looks like uh, Field Trip was founded here uh, in Austin in 2022, and it's run by two UT grads. So thank you so much uh, for supporting us, and you can find it at independent liquor stores around town. Yummy. I know I already said that, but what more can I say? <laughs> I think I think that's all one can say, baby. Uh, yeah, so Oscar is still under the Christmas tree. Um he is on some kitty CBD, which I, uh, the way that he is like angelic. Yeah. He is mesmerized. Okay. Now he's chewing on the tree <laughs> and I have a fake tree y'all. So that's not the thing. you Is this new? I want to know about this tree. Uh, I got it last year and I love it. It's just like the white classic 60s style Christmas tree and I have absolutely no ornaments on there and I'm not going to put any. Okay. I, yeah, I kind of like it without the ornaments. Yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, I didn't grow up in a Christian household, so my whole relationship with Christmas is unfortunately the very like materialistic Santa Claus forward, uh, non-Jesus Christ driven version of the holiday. And I think because of that, I'm a little reluctant to uh, fully engage in a lot of decorations around my house. So yeah. this feels like a really great, simple way to um, bring some cheer and a little bit of light during these darker times of the year. But uh, you're not going full all in on a holiday that I really don't celebrate. Fair enough, yeah. Keith and I were talking about how he thinks that there is a dichotomy between Halloween people and Christmas people. Mm. Um, and that dichotomy is very alive in my house because I'm very much a Halloween person. Uh, and then once that's over, it's like he takes over and he's like, it's now my season. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I love Halloween. Do you decorate? Not so much in my house. Okay. But like I absolutely have like four to five costumes a year <laughs> for Halloween. <laughs> I don't really enjoy either of those holidays. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm. I grew up pretty religious, so once the like kid aspect of Halloween sort of wore off and I became like a teenager or preteen, my family didn't really do oh. any like trick or treating and they definitely didn't like decorate anything. And I just don't love Christmas. I think it's um I don't love the material materialistic aspect of it. I'm also like I have a lot of gift giving anxiety because mm, I, mm-hmm. I feel like people like base my affection or love for them based on the gift I give them, no. I'm, which is insane. But you know, gift giving is very hard for me. Yeah, I'm I do not like good it. at it. There are people who are so good at it. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm like 
really envious of that trait. I think that I'm either excellent at giving gifts or I'm terrible. And I'm sure that's just like my internalized stigmas with things. But uh, there's certain people that I know exactly what to get them. It's like I can put together, you know, a really thoughtfully curated gift and I'll feel great about it. And then there's other people where it's like, oh, my God, like I have no clue what this person is going to want. And I am very specifically talking about my parents here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Shopping for my mom is like one of my least favorite things ever. Love her, but... She's kind of one of those people who will just buy what she wants. Same. She doesn't have a lot of needs for things. Um, it, yeah, and she's also not like a jewelry mom or a fragrance mom. She just so yeah. I can't get any of the traditional like marketed things that you know people. Yeah, my mom is very notorious. Like every Christmas growing up, there was always one big item that she always returned and it was never done in this like subtle way <laughs> it was always like i mean you know she's very good at saying what she likes and what she doesn't like after the fact but leading up to it it's always a lot of like shucking and jiving with like oh i don't know anything you get me will be fine and it's like mama i know that's not true <laughs> i know that is false just tell me. Yeah. Literally, like, put one thing down on a sheet of paper, slide me the sheet of paper, and I know that might feel really prescriptive, but I think your needs will be met that way. I'm the same way. Just tell me what you want. Um, my sister's a really good gift giver. Oh, um, nice. And she puts a lot of care and effort into her gifts. And not that I seek out any sort of, like, competition with my sister, but I do always sort of, like, can I just go first? Let me just go first and get it out of the way because I know your gifts are going to be like way better. <laughs> uh, can I read a text that my dad sent to me this morning? Yes, absolutely. He, um, we're list makers. So we, everybody has to come up with a Christmas list and then mm -hmm. we all talk to one another and like, I'm getting this off the list and this off the list. So he sent the list today. It all came in just a deluge of screenshots and individual Amazon links. <laughs> um, and then somewhere in the middle of this huge list, he goes, and please, let's cut down on the cost and number of gifts. Christmas is about celebrating with each other the birth of Christ and the end of another year. Okay? <laughs> I can't tell you how threatening that okay is. <laughs> My parents are not religious. <laughs> and we were not raised religiously, but my dad's having this like late stage crisis of Catholicism. And oh, interesting. So sometimes, and it's not like it's not like he's going to church or anything. It's not like we're going to go to church on Christmas. But there's a. Uh, it's just yeah. It's very funny to me that he's like, "Don't forget the reason for, of the season." I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah. What do you think caused that? Do you think he like read an article or something and was like, you know what? We're forgetting the reason for the season. I mean, he's slowly, not that, well, it's like over the last 10, 15 years has become like a, a, a pretty uh, ardent Fox News person. I don't know. Oh. He was very, in, I, I do remember him being very in, like he would like be a, make a point of like saying like, Merry Christmas. And I'm like, what? And he's like, as opposed to happy holidays. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's whatever you want to say to me about that, Dad. Because oh, I think he heard me say Happy Holidays, and he was like, "Why do you say that? It's Christmas." And I was like, "It's just, it's, 
Christmas and New Year. It's just like it's multiple holidays, mm-hmm. and then like I would like to be inclusive uh, of other people. And so I don't know. There, I think it, some of it's a reaction to that. Um, I'm kind of surprised by that, considering the fact that both you mm-hmm. and your brother are gay. Mm-hmm. I feel like over the last 10, 15 years, it, that's just an interesting timeline, considering yeah. like how you've really grown into yourself in that timeline as well. I will say, though, I've like stopped talking about politics with him. Okay. Um, like It's just not a fruitful conversation for us to have, so I just don't really go there a lot with him. So at this point, I really don't know where he stands on stuff. Like Really, around Trump, I was like, um, checking out. I don't, cause like, I do think he doesn't support Trump. Uh, like I don't think he likes Donald Trump. Um, but like, like every once in a while I'll catch a snippet. Like he's a big Ted Cruz guy. I think he loves Ted Cruz. Oh. It's like a problem. Oh wow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it is, yeah, it's very interesting. It's- I had a former coworker who, uh, you know, Kristen, um, uh, Kristen like very briefly dabbled with my old job and this woman called me up. Well, it, it was, okay, that's false. There was like two of us on a call and I remember it was a phone call. It wasn't a Zoom call. And she was like, Mace, like, just so you know, like, I'm not a Trump Republican. And I was like, oh, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And she's like, yeah, like I'm a Republican, but I'm not a Trump Republican. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, what do you say to that? Thank you for your service. I don't like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that would piss off Trump Republicans, Kristen, you brought a really tasty beverage, which I am enjoying sipping on right I'm now. I'm really so like- glad you guys are liking it. Um, yeah, it's an oat nog. It's a vegan, dairy-free eggnog substitute, I guess. It's delicious. Yeah. Twin Liquors, baby. Sponsors, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so Javi, let's talk about your trip. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, so I went to El Salvador um, over Thanksgiving for 10 days. Um, why 10 days? Great question. Uh, why El Salvador? I am Salvadorian. Uh, my family is from El Salvador, so we go mm, probably every four or five years. Um, but we were going cause my cousin was getting married and she was getting married the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So we were like, Oh, we'll go there. We'll spend Thanksgiving in El Salvador. And then they wanted to like extend it to the weekend before mm. um, so that we could rent a beach house. Cause El Salvador has beautiful beaches. Um, and it's a beautiful country, but, um, and I think it's like not a very heavily uh, I think more and more it's becoming more of a tourist destination. So uh, it's great right now because you can get like a really nice beach house for like $100 a night Whoa! Um, with like pool and like beach access. Um, so we got this like really lovely um, beach property. Um, it was like, yeah, it was like a, it probably had like five bedrooms and had a pool. And anyways, very, very lovely. Um and then, like, we spent the rest of the time in the city and then the wedding. Okay, here's my here's what my point is. Since we're talking about holidays, 10 days is too long to spend with uh, your partner and uh, your family. Yes, yes. That specific, like, collection altogether, because, you know, uh, Keith is still my first relationship, right? So it's all, it all still seems kind of new, just like, oh, like, navigating how to, like, do family functions, but mm-hmm. now I have a partner, and, like, now I'm trying to, like, figure all of that out. Um, it's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to juggle. Um, and like, we finally got to a place where I think 
by Thanksgiving, um, I think I'd hit my limit. And I turned to my boyfriend and I said, I'm going to need some of your clonopin to get through this dinner tonight. <laughs> and so he did uh, give me some clonopin. And I have occasionally taken some of his clonopin before. Um, but this was maybe the first time. I think we, I think I'm pretty sure he gave me like a very big dose. Uh, I think he could really tell that um, it was, it, things were getting Papa needed real, some real, real stressful. Um, what day uh, of the 10 days? Did Thanksgiving fall on? Oh, God. It was right towards... Um, so that would have been... Uh, that's like day seven. Oof. So yeah. A good chunk left. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it was because we had we had, we had a family thing during the day, and I think people were feeling a little crunchy at that point. Um, and then I was like, oof. And now we're going into Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, and so um, I did take this clonopin, and... I remember getting to my aunt's house. Um, you remember getting there? Yeah, I remember getting there. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that good. Too. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I was like, oh, I see why doctors don't prescribe this a lot. It's a real miracle drug. Um, <laughs> I felt like I had a force field around me. Nice. And any like passive aggressive comment or just aggressive aggressive comment mm -hmm. uh, that came my way. My dad gets a little snappy with me sometimes when I'm not, I don't know, fulfilling my family role or whatever it might be. And so like at one point he kind of snapped at me and like like ma made a, a strong comment towards me. And it truly just felt like, it bounced off and I watched it wow. fly away and I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Wow. And at one point my brother's husband was like, I think he was feeling how stressful this whole environment was. It was a lot. We were juggling a lot at this dinner. It was like my family, my my mom's sisters, my mom's sister's lesbian friend from college that she recently reconnected with and invited. I don't know. It's really kind of all over the place. Are they lovers? They are not. Um, but she did bring her lover. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, at one point, uh, my brother's husband looked at me and he goes, you seem remarkably chill for what's going on. And I was like, I'm barely here. Right <laughs> <laughs> so I have vague memories of that night. And that really, that helped. <laughs> I think the next day we spent... I think it was like, it was our sign for like, keep an eye on like, let's spend some time alone. Let's, uh, let's get away from the family a little bit. Yeah. I do not envy the amount of family time, especially now that like we're in our thirties and none of us here have kids, but I do feel like a certain amount of envy with people who have kids. Cause it's like, Oh, gotta go home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've always had this like sense of obligation, right, towards my family, uh, towards like my parents. So it's like, oh, I have to say for like a certain amount of time. And I, I just remember kind of in this like drunk clonop in haze, my brother, like, again, like in my memory, just like appeared from a cloud. And he was like, we're bailing. And I was like, what? And he was like, me and Brian, we're going back to the hotel. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we just like quietly slipped away into the night and made it back to the hotel. That's what you got to do sometimes. Truly. How many people were staying in this beach house property? Oh, at the beach house? It would have been uh, six, seven, eight. No. Eight of, us? eight of us? No, too many. It's just like, and it's also like, um, 
I mean, I find this with like travel too. It's just like navigating people's travel styles and their like yeah. communication styles, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like when it's just me, I have a lot of flexibility and like my mom texting me and saying like, we're leaving in 10 minutes uh, wouldn't phase me. But like now I'm like, oh, I gotta like turn to my boyfriend and be like, hey, we're leaving in 10 minutes. And him having the totally understandable reaction of, that's not enough time for us to get ready. What are you talking about? And I was like, I didn't know. I don't know why she's communicating this 10 minutes before, but you know, like just like little things like that. Mm -hmm. where I'm like, Oh God, I can't. <laughs> it's just so much to juggle. It really is. Cause you're kind of like the spokesperson for your family to your boyfriend, but you're also your boyfriend's spokesperson to your family. Exactly. And so it's like, you're really in the middle in a way that I would imagine could be tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was a lot. Uh, oh, oh, I didn't even tell you the best part. So we get to the beach house, and um, I don't remember how I figured it out, but at some point, I, my brother was like, oh, you know that we're leaving, right? Um, and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, oh, Brian and I, we, had, we got a hotel in a small town in El Salvador, and we're like leaving in the middle of this trip to basically take a break for two days. Um, and I was like, what the fuck? That's an option. <laughs> told me that was an option. And he was like, yeah, He's, he looks at me. He was like, did you think you were going to be able to go 10 days with mom and dad and, and, and Keith and just all of this. And I was like, I, I thought we had to, he's like, not my first rodeo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's big older brother energy yeah, for sure. sure. Truly. So Kristen and I have actually traveled internationally together. Where did y'all go? In 2016, we went to Ireland and Scotland. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, was this with Lindsay? Yeah. yeah. I remember mm -hmm. saying yeah. this. Uh -huh. What a fun trip. Yeah. I still, that photo with you and that random kid, which sounds <laughs> sounds weird. Um, but that, so we were walking down the streets. I think we were in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And we stumble upon this like cute little family. And their son is dressed identical to me yeah like truly the exact same like uh pants jacket shoes like i i knew even kind of looked like you like yeah like curly like light well, blonde hair mm -hmm. it was we're great. in ireland and scotland so i was with my people you're yeah. with <laughs> your, your motherland yeah mm -hmm. and here you have these three americans being like oh my god can we take a picture with your kid <laughs> and they were so chill they were like they picked him up and handed him to me <laughs> <laughs> so the photo is literally me holding like mini me and the kid's totally cool with it like no one was so weirded chill. out so at chill. all <laughs> but that was also around the holidays that was during thanksgiving it was yeah i kind of enjoyed spending thanksgiving not in america mm. i mean it was also after the 2016 election yeah we we had to get the fuck out yeah get out mm -hmm. yeah we needed to escape yeah thanksgiving's like not um uh, i don't enjoy thanksgiving foods Neither do I. I don't eat anything from Thanksgiving. I literally have to bring my own food when I go to my family's house. What do you bring? Like some kind of seafood dish. Mm -hmm. Normally just something my mom makes. Oh, it looks like Emmy's interested in your... Uh, my eggnog. Yeah, your oat <laughs> nog. My oat nog. Emmy's a, a, a known carnivore, so I don't know what she's doing thinking that this vegan beverage is going to be of interest. 
I would like to talk about holiday parties. Yes. Uh, I this is this was my weekend of holiday parties. So, this weekend? Yeah. Okay. So Friday night was Keith's boss's holiday party, which he works as a paralegal for a very very small legal firm. So it's literally like the two lawyers he works with and their like respective husbands and us too. Okay. Uh, and we went to have dinner at Olame, uh, which was real delicious. Um, and then last night was my boss's holiday party. Um, and so that's, and this happens every year. Like it always lines up. Tonight's Cold Town's holiday party. Here's, here's like, I, I'm so tired of straight people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had like two nights in a row of having to like socialize with straight people. And like, I don't know if I'm just like, if I've hit an age where I was like, I don't want to do this. No. Like, why do I have to code? Like not even code switching, but I was just like, all right, I guess we'll talk about hunting. I don't know. God, oh, I have to pretend no. to be interested in this. Oh, and so like I, that's really <laughs> I can that I'm I bringing can in. Absolutely relate. So my company had their holiday party Thursday, mm-hmm. and it was great. It was very well done. But everyone else there, it's a very straight company, and everyone else there thought that they were having like the craziest time. And I was just kind of looking around, like, okay, <laughs> like. Oh, like this is it? Because <laughs> there was a lot of hype. Like there was a lot of secrecy around what was going to happen. And it was like, you need to like show up on time and like oh. just you wait. And like it was, you know, a office holiday party. And they what was brought the venue. Uh, it was at the office. Okay. And they did a good job of dressing it up. You know, there was uh, like a DJ and lights and like curtains kind of blocking off where like all the desks and stuff are. This was really, truly like, Hey, just like hang out, have a good time. Um, but they brought in two drag Queens and it was Nadine Hughes and noodles and they did amazing. Like so, so good. So fun. So lively. And then the lively. straight people started protesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, the straight people are over there like losing their yeah. shit. And there's a woman next to me who I think is around the same age as I am. And I'm in, well, I'm 30. Uh, and she was like, this is my first drag show ever. <laughs> and I don't know why, but it was like Kill Bill Red Alert happened at that point. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Who did you vote for? Tell me. Tell me now. Who, who, like, <laughs> like, why have you never been to a drag show, huh? We work in downtown Austin. What's going on, Meredith? <laughs> to be fair, I've only gone to one drag show in my life. No shit. I know. I what? Know, I know. Wait, and like you, what? (laughs) (laughs) Was it, was it Mace? Was it Mace correct? Oh, it was Deja Deja. I don't know if that counts. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was um, some bar on the east side. I went with uh, a couple of friends um, and it was a lot of fun. I had a blast, but I just, I don't know. I've been invited. I just haven't been able to go to a couple. This is so interesting because I view you as one of my like go-to late night friends. Well, yeah, brunch is in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was what I was upset about on Friday. So, so Friday was probably a better experience for me because at least we were at this like very expensive restaurant and mm-hmm. I, it was very clear that we could order whatever we wanted. And so I, I, we definitely imbibed quite a lot. Um, but the whole time, like our reservation was at seven forty-five, and I was like, surely straight people just have 
meals for like an hour, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll be done by like eight forty-five, nine. And like I, I wanted there was a drag like because I think at that point I was like I need to go be around gay people. Uh, and I was so I had we had made plans. I'd even bought tickets to go to Cheer Ups. They were having a big drag show on Friday, um, a show called Fat Slut. Uh, which kids was worried about me uh, sharing, divulging to his coworkers. I was like, "We, I'm so sorry. We have to go. We have to go to Fat Slut." <laughs> um, but then these these straight. But then it, like it's that thing, right? Where it's like once a year, straight people let go and have fun. Yeah. Uh, and it's at like the holiday party. Uh, like that's their culture. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, "Oh god, we were there like way too late. And the show had already like we'd already missed most of the show, so we didn't get to go." Ah, uh, that's a bummer. Yeah. I have a very mild anecdote. So I went to a drag show at Cheer Ups a few weeks ago, and it was very interesting. It was an A24-themed drag show. And I just felt like the execution could have been, like, a little more substantial with, like, how the A24 characters were brought into the performances. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Before you start telling us about mm -hmm. this, just, like, thought experiment. Mm Mm-hmm. We're all drag queens. This is the assignment. We've been oh, doing. what would we do? Yeah, I feel like first thought is Tony Collette in Hereditary. Uh, so I don't want to say that. I so uh, Tatiana Cholula did that exact Incredible. performance, and it was amazing. Yeah. And she expertly weaved in uh, Abba's Dancing Queen, and it was the most like manic, chaotic performance. Absolutely the best of the night. Um, I'm going to tell you the worst real quick, and it's not going to impact our thought experiment. It was not A24. Someone did Handmaid's Tale, and it's like, how did you think that was A24? That's, I guess, A24. It's not A24. It's It's like prestige television, which Euphoria, which is A24, absolutely qualifies for. But I don't think I knew that about Euphoria. I think it was their first television show. And I'm like, okay, who organized this? And also, Emmy's going into your purse, Kristen. Into the purse. <laughs> like, fully seated into the purse. <laughs> hey, Emmy, are you having a good time? Seems like she's having a great time. <laughs> Go for it, girlfriend. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't know much. I don't know if I could, like, um, fulfill that assignment. I don't think I know off bat, like, any A24 titles. Only thing that's coming to mind is that weird hand thing that's really popular from Everything Everything. Oh yeah 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 the 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 hot dog fingers. Yeah. Oh everything everywhere all at once. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yep. I love people when they don't know the name of that movie and what they say. <laughs> but there, there's also the this like YA novel called like Everything Everything or something uh, that I think about when I think of that movie. Um, yeah, that's good. Midsummer seems like a like a that would be. A oh, that would be a yeah one, right. Mm-hmm. What did you think of when you first? Those were the first two things. I think if I did do Hereditary, I would probably be the little girl. Oh, uh, the one who's decapitated? Yeah, and figure yep. out a way to mm-hmm. like take my head off like halfway through the performance. Oh, that would be so good, yeah. honestly. Do they do predominantly like scary f- films? It looks like they've done a lot of psychological thrillers. Yeah. I'm yeah, pulling well. up A24 <laughs> films right now. Okay, so uh, we've got The Whale, After Sun, Causeway, The Inspection, Pearl, Bodies, 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 and that's just 2022. Um, What I think about when I think of A24, this is kind of dark, um, but wasn't it that guy 
who passed away because uh, his car rolled over him. Mm-hmm. Anton uh, Yelkin. Yeah, yeah. His like last film was like one of their films, I think. It might have been. Like yeah. Green Room, I think it was yeah. called. Yeah. That's such a great movie, too. I heard it was really intense. It's <gasps> so intense. Oh, my God. I know exactly what I would do. What? I would do 20th Century Women. <laughs> and I would do the monologue where Annette Benning is talking about uh, her son's life after she dies. And I would somehow sprinkle that into um, like a Carly Rae Jepsen song. I'm absolutely pulling from like the chaos of Tatiana Cholula. So like, thank you so much for paving the way. Uh, But yeah, I would do like that style of like deeply insightful, like universe brain monologue with like, here's my number. So call me maybe. (laughs) I saw a TikTok recently of a drag show performance where the performer was like a middle school conductor and so their whole performance was doing like the conducting but it was like very dramatic and drawn out and it was so entertaining i was like i would never have thought that that would have landed but it did i i love drag as an art i absolutely think that like you have to go to the right show though because some of them are just I don't know, like any other, like by the numbers experience at a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny having gone to college in Missouri because there was one gay bar in downtown Columbia and it was called Soco, which was an abbreviation for South Columbia, which was the road that the original location was on. And when it moved downtown, it like absolutely improved the venue itself, but it did not improve anything else. So there's a Thursday night drag show um, and it was hosted by a drag queen who went by the name of Aida Buffet (laughs) 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 and she wore a muumuu and had like a short wig and her whole thing is that every time she went on stage in between performers she would shotgun a beer hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) she was terrible like absolutely (laughs) like bottom barrel entertainer like did not have any natural um capabilities (laughs) and yet it was so watchable yeah and i i don't know what it would be like now Mm -hmm. having you know seen the really fantastic queens that are obviously on drag race as well as here in austin i feel like the game has definitely been elevated um wow emmy's now near you just looking so adorable so angelic also i just realized that i was just assuming that we were talking about drag brunch. That's why I made that brunch comment. <laughs> Wait, so you've been Chris to... Like, I've seen thousands of drag queens. I've just never specifically been to a drag brunch. <laughs> no, I've only been to a drag brunch. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? What I don't the actually fuck? think I've ever been to a drag brunch. I... How the tables like have turned. Very popular. I don't know if I have. I almost went to one in D.C., mm. uh, but then I didn't. <laughs> that is not a story. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's literally a story of my life. I will just toss it up and let it just shatter to the ground. <laughs> Truly. Uh, I have uh, another conversation that I want to talk about. Yes. So I 
As uh, our listeners know, I'm single, and I recently matched with this guy on Tinder. And he was kind of an interesting match for me because I don't think I really have a type physically, but my type is definitely someone who does not give off um, like uh, generational wealth vibes. <laughs> <laughs> It's right there in your Tinder headline. <laughs> it, it's uh, right there, yeah. Uh, <laughs> pros, uh, many things, cons. Uh, there's only one. Uh, please do not come from a family of generational wealth. Um, and he said he was also from Austin, uh, but it turned out that he was actually from Georgetown, uh, which is cool, but like that's different. Um, you just need to like own that. Okay. Um, and he called my high school ghetto which was like okay i did not go to the nicest high school but i also feel like as white people like we stopped saying the word ghetto and talking about things that weren't as nice as maybe we would want them to be Mm -hmm. like five years ago so it's like buddy you gotta catch up with that conversation yeah the funny thing is that somehow queer town came up and he decided that he was going to go listen to an episode. And all of this is via text, mind you. And so he listened to the live episode. Mm-hmm. And I have that anecdote in that episode of having sex. And I think because of that, this guy circled back and he had like really positive things to say. Love listening to it. Um, actually complimented you and your bar skills, Javi. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Without trying it. <laughs> um, but then he goes, um, it was something to the effect of like, upon further review, I no longer think that we are romantically compatible. <laughs> upon further review. <laughs> Yikes. It was like, oh, okay, cool. And I got to say, like, it really kind of put me in my head in a way that I was not expecting it to. Like, I fully own the fact that I am an expansive person as we all are with multitudes that I bring to the table. And I am more than happy to talk about all aspects of my life on this show, but it just felt like I was being judged in that moment. Like I had somehow breached some threshold of uh, what a prospective romantic partner of this guy would do. Well, I'm trying to remember from the, like, I'm like, what specifically was it? There was nothing like, crazy about the story you it was literally, literally like, like I, I, ho- I hooked up with a guy yeah yeah, yeah. that was basically it so i mean like he must then be taking issue with either the fact that you are a sexual being uh, <laughs> prior to meeting him um and or like take issue with you talking about it publicly yeah my guess is it's the talking about it publicly really? thing i feel like there's just certain white guys in texas and probably throughout the south who are I don't know. Like they were raised in a very different environment than they find themselves in now. And I I think maybe this is just my perception, but I think that there's an aspect of who I am that is unattractive uh, to them because I did not grow up in a Christian household. I do not value, um, I don't know, keeping certain conversations behind closed doors. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, like, I'm glad we didn't meet up, but I'm glad like we didn't waste our time. Yeah. Uh, But it is interesting that like someone would be uh, curious enough about me to check out the podcast and then immediately haul ass in a different direction. (laughs) Upon further review and for evidence, I've collected screenshots of portions of the show. Uh, 
that I took issue with. I mean, what a wild difference from the guy earlier this year who sent me the giant dildo photo of uh, before listening to QT, <laughs> dildos upright. After listening to QT, dildos on its side. Globs of lube are dripping <laughs> off of it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Iconic. It has certainly been a fascinating year as far as dating. Because I feel like last year, it was a lot of like more like shallow first dates. And then like this year, it was more like, I don't know, like four to five first dates across the board. But I am once again finding myself single for the holidays. I don't think there's any real reason to be in my head about that. But there's a part of me where I'm like, ah, fuck, not again. (laughs) (laughs) I think I seem to remember... I feel like we did one of these episodes kind of going into the new year. Uh, I can't remember when it was, but I think the last one of the last times we talked about it, you seemed very ready for a relationship, which was new yes. for you at that time. Yes. Do you feel like you're still in that space? I think I am. Yeah. And I think it's been uh, somewhat frustrating that I just haven't been able to cultivate that style of connection with anyone. Mm. Like there's a guy I went on one date with and it was like, he never really got back to me. And I'm just like, Hey, like, do you want to meet up? Uh, And we had like made plans to meet up and then just like day of nothing happened, no communication. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to like, go to a restaurant or whatever. And it was like 9 p.m. that night. He was like, oh, shoot, it's not Tuesday, it's Wednesday. And then there was another guy who we had gone on, I think like three or four dates, very fun, but like kind of, I don't know, like it wasn't that deep of a connection that we had. And uh, he'd like asked me how my Thanksgiving was and I responded. He never responded to that. And then like weeks later was like, hey, when are we going to meet up again via Instagram? And there's just a part of me where I was like, dude, like if you want to meet up, I would really appreciate if you came to the table with like a timeline or an idea or at least some aspect of vulnerability that I feel like is missing in that question because it really puts the onus on me to plan something, to figure out what we're doing. And I'm happy, right, to put together a plan. Like I love doing that. That's something that I really take a lot of joy in, but I don't want to do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. K-Wash, what are you thinking as far as, um, dating right now? Are you you still thinking Um, of a pause? I have little to zero desire to be on the apps or anything like that. That is fucking fair. Yeah. Uh, I think I just finally deleted Hinge off my phone. I It was inactive for probably all of this year, but I just finally took the app physically off my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, we shall see. I I live in a different like headspace when it comes to like dating and romance. So that's always like really interesting and a uh, whole minefield to navigate for myself and it's uh daunting having to explain that to another person so i just kind of don't absolutely i i mean it is difficult i think to open up to anyone yeah. uh, especially i feel like in austin we have a proclivity for people and we've talked 
quite a bit about this on the show, but I always think it's worth mentioning. Like there's a proclivity for people who move here who are like interested in like hooking up right away and kind of having like that be the through line. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Not for me. No. um, Yeah. I don't know. I just, it's something that really doesn't cross my mind that often. Um, I have just different priorities which and then it'll catch up. It'll just like catch me up every once in a while. We're like, oh, maybe I should, you know, spend some time thinking about that or working towards, you know, getting in a relationship. But then it's like, no, I really enjoy being alone. I also just don't wanna. I guess I don't know. Do you live alone? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you love it? I do, and it's. I think I started living alone maybe at the worst time I had just been living alone for like a month uh for the first time ever when the pandemic started Uh, so I went from I don't know just like it was suddenly just me yeah um and I learned a lot about myself so that's that's something but yeah 2020 was definitely an educational year for better or worse truly it's just so crazy to me that that like like, I know everybody, it's, like, hacky to say this, but, like, my sense of time is, like, completely fucked so by It's so year. thrown, yeah. yeah. Um, like, the idea that we're going into 2023, um, and, like, I know, I know I'm not supposed to say the pandemic's over, but, like, we're clearly, like, in a different place than mm-hmm. we were when mm-hmm. we were, like, in lockdown, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just, like, so wild how this thing that every single person on the planet experienced in some way or another has, like, shifted everything um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just like, so, so wild to me. Um, I'm not really saying anything. I just, I feel like, no, cause I feel like the, um, uh, like in many ways lockdown was kind of easy for me. Right. Um, in the sense of like, okay, like the assignment is stay home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. We could, I can do that. That's cool. It's been like the coming out of it yeah. and yeah. adjusting to life mm-hmm. afterwards. Were you and uh, your boyfriend living together already when the pandemic he started? He just moved in. Wow. Yeah. Like the month before, uh, before the pandemic started. Um, so in many ways, obviously I didn't have like the, uh, I wasn't lonely. Right. Cause I, mm-hmm. I was there with him and the dog. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think coming out of it, seeing how like relationships have shifted, my relationship to like performing comedy feels very different. It's so different. Yeah. Um, and like, and it's hard to like parse out how much of that is like, uh, just my age. And that's, you know, maybe I would have come to this place had a pandemic not happened. Right. Um, or how much of it is like related directly to that. So I don't know. I feel very, um, like going into 2023, I was like, I don't really, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on at all. I went to two parties last night and neither. Two in one night. Two in one night. Whoa. And that was the first time I'd done that in a really long time. Yeah. And I think I was only able to do it because both were very relaxed, mm-hmm. very casual. Uh, and that's not how it used to be. It used to be like, you know, we're really fucking going all in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if I am venue hopping, it's, you know, I'm getting a lift. I'm not driving myself because I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the pandemic forced a lot of millennials to, like, get into their, like, true adult fa- like phase of life. Yeah. I mean, at least in Austin, you know, it is Neverland to a certain extent. Yeah. And I think for so many of us who 
came out, you know, later than we knew we were queer. It's like we had this delayed adolescence. And I feel like, at least for me, 2020 was kind of like the closing of that chapter of my Mm -hmm. life of like, oh yeah, like I actually don't need to be this physically exhausted all the time. I don't need to be this uh, indebted to people that I don't really like that much to like show up and go to these events that I'm actually not that happy to be at in the first place. Yeah, I've definitely suffered socially a little bit. Well, not a little bit. Well, no, not like drastically so. But um, because of the pandemic, it it really takes a lot more energy for me to go out and do things, which is, I guess, not weird, but it's weird considering the job I have. Mm-hmm. But I have to go do that, so yeah. I don't really have a choice. But then when I'm home, it's very hard for me to like switch back into that social part of myself and like go out and do the things and I've definitely felt like that's been one of my biggest struggles throughout Mm -hmm. 2022 like there was a point where it was like oh like other people are a little more flexible with how they're spending their time they're not as beholden as I've been to like I was only going out one night a week and I felt so good with that and it was like I had six nights to myself and you know I could cook dinner I could go on long leisurely walks I could literally do whatever the fuck I wanted to and I was kind of resentful that other people were uh, asking me to go out and do these things and I think it took probably three to four months of me like okay now I'm like out of the house like two nights a week and I don't know what the ratio is now I definitely feel okay with whatever's happening in this moment Uh, I think I'm just being a little more casual with how I'm leaving the house Mm -hmm. because it felt like such an endeavor. It was like the fellowship of the ring was happening (laughs) and I was going off to Mordor and it was like, no mace, like you're actually just, you know, going over to a friend's house for two hours. Like it's not that big of a deal. I'm I'm the same way, but it's sort of like a full sort circle moment. Sorry. Um, from the start of the podcast when we were checking in. Um, but that's sort of why I'm s- trying to get into that mentality of like, just like pretend things are fine and maybe yeah. they will fall into place because I think me overthinking and like thinking it's going to be a Mordor of a trip and it's just like a, you know, trek to my friend's house. Um, it, it always feels so much bigger than it turns out being. And I always have a good time. So I got to get better about that. But I'm working on it. And yep. I love that for me. Yeah. Well, and I think we've got to give ourselves grace. Yeah. For sure. And um, there's so much about this moment where I think every little thing just has so much weight to it in a way that it didn't used to. And I'm trying to just recognize that and, you know, acknowledge like, okay, like I'm navigating this the best I can. Have you listened to any of Paramore's new music? <laughs> Uh, I have uh, but please go on well this conversation is just reminding me of their incredible new single Uh, (laughs) no this is why um, the first lyric is like well not the first lyric but of the chorus it's like this is why I don't leave the house and it's such it just struck a chord with me because everything that forces me to leave my house is so hard yeah and that was a just non-relevant thing. <laughs> I think it's ex- extremely relevant. relevant. And I love that it's in a mainstream song. Yeah. And that we get to feel that resonancy with them. 
Speaking of Paramore, um, I took an Uber last night in a Tesla, and the guy was like, what do you want to listen to? And I said, Paramore. And so he was cranking Paramore. Not the point of the story. The point of the story is that Teslas are too hard to get into. They're so difficult. Yeah, what the fuck is going on in their doors? It, it, it's like, it goes sideways. I was also in a ride share recently that was in a Tesla and this was my first time in a Tesla and I felt fucking dumb <laughs> trying to get yeah, into same. that. Petition to take Teslas off the road. Let's start it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like very sensitive to my age right now, which is not a thing I ever thought would happen, but it's little things like that. Like I recently also in a Tesla and I was like, I'm not an old man. I know how to get out of cars. It shouldn't be that difficult, truly. Yeah, the guy who was driving that vehicle thought I was so stupid. And I was like, look, buddy, like, yes, you're picking me up from a house party. Yes, I am not sober. But also, you should have uh, an educational manual on the side of your door, which is like, press this. Yeah, little arrows would be helpful. I don't know, something. Yeah, I uh, for that and many reasons, Tesla should be taken off the road. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> um, okay, so real quick, while we're still together, mm -hmm. what is your favorite holiday movie? Ooh. Mm, I'll go. It's My favorite is Scrooged. Oh. oh, with Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah. And Carol Kane beating him up the whole time as the ghost of Christmas past. Or oh, that's hot. Yeah. Um, I love that movie so much. It's uh, I just think it's super underrated. It's so funny. I need to watch that again. It's been years since I've seen that. Yeah. Always makes me cry too. Mm, ideal combo. I love the ending of that movie. I'm struggling to pick between three. Okay. And I'm just going to say them all because I think they're fun. Um, one, The Family Stone. Love that movie. It's with... Uh, Rachel McAdams. And Diane Keaton, I think. And Sarah Jessica Parker. And just yeah. point of contention. Because I heard this recently on a podcast where they were talking about holiday movies. Isn't that about Thanksgiving? Mm -mm. It's is it Christmas? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I stand correct. Um, well, now I'm questioning it, but I'm pretty sure it's it's Christmas. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's Christmas. I already saw that in theaters, but I don't think I've seen it since. Um, the other one is the holiday. I love the holiday. love the holiday. And my wild card, Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, oh my God, yes. It's so fun. Really? Yeah. Okay. It is like a smooth brain movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I love a Jamie Lee Curtis moment, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When she and Tim Allen are just like, like, uh, they're so over the top throughout. Mm -hmm. And it is deliciously uh, stupid. Yeah. It's pretty mm -hmm. good. Nice. By you. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Carol. With my homosexual, yeah. <laughs> One time I was at Mesa's house and. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the holiday because I was going to say one time I was at Mesa's house. <laughs> um, and yeah, he was like, what if we just like watched the first scene of Carol? This is what he did to me with the holiday. He was like, what if we watched the last scene of the holiday? <laughs> You know how like some gays are like when people are over, they're like, let's watch music videos. <laughs> Mace is just very specific scenes. Very specific scenes. Except like K-Wash needs to continue talking because uh, it was not just the first scene. No. It, and it kind of took me a, a second to realize that I had been bamboozled into watching this film. Um. <laughs> Did you not sign up for the lesbian Christmas drama? 
it, it just wasn't. It was it, not the move. No, it, it like totally changed the entire night. <laughs> I think we had been day drinking and I think we had like, I think there's a video of that night where like, I'm like shaking my ass to oh, Kim that, Petras. That I think it's that night. Oh, and like goodness. we had been together for like hours and hours and I'm pretty fucked up and I'm like, Hey, you know, it's like the perfect move. And KRS is like, mm, I don't know why I'm, oh, oh, the way I'm telling the story. Wow. That was a different <laughs> night altogether. Uh, but no, you were not, uh, you're not going, mm, you were like, oh yeah, what's that? Mm-hmm, that was more your vibe. And, and I'm over there like, mm, you know what? <laughs> that was my vibe. I'm like, uh, uh, I'm talking about uh, the 2015 classic uh, Carol and you're like, oh, I haven't seen that movie before. And I'm like, oh, we should watch the first scene. And like 40 minutes in, you very politely turned to me and you were like, I think we're past the first scene. <laughs> I also don't think I've put it together that that's a Christmas movie. I- it's set at Christmas. Oh, okay. But it's very... Um, much about other things, which like given my background, I think is why I'm so attracted to it. It's also just like gorgeously shot yeah. and really, uh, I don't know. The, the visuals do a lot for me. Well, I love that for you. Thank I you. truly do. Uh, my dad's favorite Christmas movie is a controversial pick. It's Die Hard. I knew, I, I, yep. I knew it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mom's favorite Christmas movie is the one with Samuel L. Jackson and, uh, Oh, I don't know why I'm blanking. It's Gina. What's her name? It's the woman from... The Long Kiss Goodnight. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Yes. Yeah. Gina. Uh, it's not Gina Davis. Gina. Is it Gina Davis? It is Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Yeah. 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 Never seen it. Uh, it is batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. It is deliciously mid-90s action movie. She plays an assassin who gets amnesia and forgets who she is. She has this like quaint suburban life and then somehow sustains a brain injury that brings back her like killer assassin persona and it is it's written by Shane Black and it's very much a Shane Black movie through and through yeah set at Christmas Mm -hmm. he loves to set his movies in Christmas my mom's a Hallmark girly oh yeah so every time I go to her house honestly year round there's some sort of Christmas themed or holiday themed movie on that channel Hallmark is great. I think there's something to be said for comfort movies. 100%. You know, it is a tough time of year. I think that, like, me going with Carol might be really intense for a lot of people. And, yeah, like, they want, you know, snowflakes. They want romance. They want, uh, you know, lanterns, Christmas trees, the whole works. And you're going to get that with Hallmark. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I have not been in the – I've not gotten the Christmas bug yet. I don't know if I will. I'm kind of a Grinch, but – yeah. Um, I did a power hour last night to Christmas music at one of the parties I went to. And it was so funny because I walked into that party sober Mm -hmm. and everyone else was like, yeah, we're fucked up. But they were just like really polite people to be around. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I don't think the power hour is really doing much for me. And they're like, whoa, what? (laughs) Love to everyone there, but um, at my different party, um, there was a live band, and they were aggressively playing very loud Christmas tunes. Oh no! Um, 
I mean, it was kind of cool because it was the owner of the, it was Don's Depot. So it was Don and his, I guess, band. In his depot. Yeah. In his, <laughs> um, I'll see myself out. <laughs> but they were just so loud. Like I could not hear anything. I mean, but we were all just fucked up. It was really debaucherous, but I loved it. it As it so should be. Yeah. Yum. So can't relate to the boring straight people parties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if anyone that I work with is listening to this, oh, it was crazy. And uh, <laughs> you guys are wild. <laughs> well, like, uh, I need a year, y'all. <laughs> Can't go back to that vibe right away. Speaking of a year, do mm. we have any? I don't really do resolutions, but I think I might do one next year. Um, do you guys have any New Year's resolutions that you are noodling on or thinking of? I have one, I haven't fully formulated the exact wording of it yet but i would like to do more things in 2023 that bring me pleasure Ooh. i have been taking a pleasure course through WashU in st louis a very good friend of mine is a social work grad student there and it was an eight-week class that she and two of her classmates put together it's via zoom we meet uh two hours a week and just talk about all of these amazing things that I feel like we as Americans don't fundamentally have enough understanding or just insight into within our own bodies, with how to connect with other people's bodies, just really amazing kind of like ground level stuff that I feel like everyone should be getting when they're like 13, 14 years old. And my whole thing is I would like to feel more confident exploring pleasure, uh, not only in a sexual way, but just in like... Uh, storytelling way in a, you know, living my own day-to-day -day life as I'm doing chores around the house, not feeling so beholden to uh, things that are stressing me out. Mm -hmm. And if they are trying to figure out a way to reconfigure them, it's definitely kind of a bigger picture idea. But um, I just feel like I've spent too damn long being anxious and stressed about things that are really just Things I'm not going to think about three months from now. I like that. Yeah, I me too. That. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think kind of similar to mine. Pleasure wasn't the word that was coming for coming up for me. It was joy, mm. just kind of in that same sphere. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I want to figure out a way to, to to invite a little bit more of that into my life. Um, I don't know what that looks like or what that's going to mean, but. Uh, that's my very, very loose resolution because I'm also not a resolution girl. Yeah. Mine is the opposite. I think my resolution is going to put me in the direct path of more anxiety. But What? I know, but I'm trying to push myself. So I'm going to text people more. <laughs> I'm going to text people back. <laughs> um, and I think I'm going to become more active on social media. Uh, like a You should. Normal mentally ill person <laughs> <laughs> producing or consuming uh producing gotcha yeah okay Ooh, we'll see yeah yeah you i don't think you've posted to instagram in a long, long time. twice this year hey i know and i don't think either of them are photos of me <laughs> um but hey that's twice at least oh no because one of them is a proof of life photo <laughs> so it wasn't me <laughs> Well, Kristen, I am very 
proud of you for taking more of a role in front of the mic yeah. with Queer Town. And I really appreciate you hopping on board this show and helping us get this ship moving in the right direction. You have been invaluable for oh, a show nice. that is just casually been, or at least historically has been casually thrown together. Uh, so thank you so, so much. And I don't know if this is part of that challenge, but I just appreciate you holding space with us in front of the mic. Well, thanks for having space for me. I love it here. <laughs> she just threw her mic across the room. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, shit, y'all. Do we have any final thoughts before we wrap up our fun and exciting holiday episode? Mm. No, I got nothing. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays. Yeah. Suck a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Or don't if that's not your or thing. Yeah, yeah. There's many other things that you could do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but just, you know, it, it's an option if you're into it. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks for visiting Queer Town. My favorite Christmas song. <laughs> Queer Town is a Hey Kerwick production. If you love this show and want us to keep making it, please share QT with the QTs in your life. And make sure to follow us on Instagram for fun behind-the-scenes photos and updates on our live shows. Queer Town is produced by Mace Kerwick and Kristen Washington and is engineered and edited by our pal Jeruski Hewlett. Special thanks to our project manager extraordinaire Lilo Hewlett for managing our busy schedules. And uh, gotta give it up for those two kitties who make a lot of noise. I love them. I really do. <laughs> Thank you so much for stopping by Queer Town. Bye, y'all.